0: Kurt, we are back and as we said on Tuesday, we're going to open this segment by asking each other some questions that we did not rehearse and everyone who's listening, if you know Kurt, you know, I mean, let's just be honest, he's smarter than me, he's funnier than me and this is just like putting a ball on a tee for him to just ask <laughs> ask me questions that I have no idea what he's going to to ask. So Kurt, I'm going to start by asking you, what's been the most surprising Aspect of parenting. This could be good or bad, but as you have been a parent now for for years, what's been just kind of the most surprising of, huh, I didn't really think about this being an aspect of, of parenting?
1: Hmm. Well, I can tell you that to everyone who listens to this podcast who's not a parent, that whatever you think your parenting is going to be like and whatever you think your children are going to be like, you can just throw all of that out the window. You have no idea what you're talking about and <laughs> all of your ideas are completely useless. Um, and I don't say that as a discouragement. I just want to tell you that it's absolutely true. Right. I had a lot, of, I had a lot of ideas about what I thought my children were going to be like, um, and, or what I was going to make my children do or not let my children do or, um, what I was going to, where I was going to. And I guess in all that thinking, I didn't ever think that like they were their own people and they would have their own ideas and their own gifts and abilities and their own uh, shortcomings. And uh, I think the hardest thing about parenting is uh, when your children don't meet your expectations, however uh, low or high they are, uh, and learning to love your child's you know, personality and who they are and, and not loving who you want them to be. And I think that's really the hardest thing about parenting. Um, I, I didn't, um, I going in, you know, when they're they just give you the baby and let you leave the hospital. Like it's just like, and they're like, hey, come back, <laughs> come back in a week, and like we got to make sure it's gaining weight. But other than that, you're good to go. And I remember my wife and I just when we brought Campbell back and he had gained weight, we cried because we were like, okay, we're going to get to keep him. Like, um, and they don't tell you what to do and they don't tell you what they're going to be like. And you just never know. You never know what they're going to be like. And, uh, I have two boys, you know, obviously you have more children than I do, but I have two boys and they're very different in personality and, uh, very different in, uh, just, they're just different people and, uh, we're not, we're, we're not really raising them any different. Um, but, but they're just different people. And, you you go into parenting thinking, okay, well, I'm going to – this kid is going to be like me because uh, that's the only person that you really know really well. And you realize that like they're, they're not – they're going to be a little bit like you and they're going to be a little bit like your spouse, but they're also going to be a little bit their own person. And, uh, and that is just – I'd say that's the surprising or the challenging thing for me.
0: Good. Uh, that's good. What you got for me?
1: Ask, let me ask you a question. Okay. It's about discipline. Okay. So let's talk about like younger younger children. So um children who are let's not talk about your oldest children, but let's talk about like your younger children. How do you judiciously apply punishment? Like what's your what's your like what are the tiers of punishment um that like your youngest children receive? Like what's like when someone does something bad, like and let's just Talk, talk to me through your tears. Um, if I can (laughs) think of it like that, like
0: what are you talking about? Like when I'm crying and spanking them? Is that what you're
1: talking
0: about? Like T I E R S. I know I was joking, Kurt. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, since you excluded my older children and I'm just, and just for those who listen and don't know me, I have five children aging, ages, sorry, ranging in ages. That was a lot harder than I thought, from age 3 to 12. So just looking at my younger one, I mean, to me, so much of parenting younger children is focused on behavior modification. And, of course, we're trying to disciple their heart. But when you're dealing with one, two, three-year-old, there's only so much you can do to to get to their heart. Yes, you're trying to pray with them, and you're trying to at least – you know, give them biblical thought about addressing their heart, even though they're not going to comprehend it. But so much is about behavior modification. So I mean, it's it's spanking is kind of the main form of okay. Um, of well, that's that's discipline. that's what I
1: wanted to ask: is that is there any level before spanking for you?
0: Well, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with younger children, I, I try to not just jump into spanking first thing. There there tries to be some kind of conversation. There tries to be some kind of reasoning with them. But obviously when you're dealing with a young child, you can only reason so much. But But I have found, you know, there are some people who I know just hate spanking and just think it's wrong and think it's abuse. And who knows? I mean, iTunes might really shut us down uh, for this one, but when you're talking when you're talking about spanking a one year old, we're not talking about rearing back and just like <laughs> going with all force. I mean, I can remember with you know my first child, Sarah. I mean, when she did something wrong, me just pointing at her and saying no, she just mm. burst into tears. Yeah. It's kind of like okay, that was all that I needed to do. But then when that didn't work, to say no, and then also just barely you know pop their leg, they burst into tears. But then. You know, of just having to apply more force, but you're still very, you know, balanced and cautious. But I mean, look, even like with my three-year-old now, as she's in church at the beginning, I I mean, uh, we have to thump their leg kind of as, okay, you've got to get quiet. I mean, you're starting to distract everyone in the service and no one can listen to the sermon. There's got to be some kind of, you know, you remind them like, this is inappropriate. This is not right.
1: Well, Okay, so my real question, okay,
0: and we've got to shut this down because this is just our cold open.
1: No, well this this is the this is the precursor to the real question, which is this. Do you feel that you have to? Because our children are very different. Do you feel like you have to? That do you feel any sense of injustice that you don't have to discipline some of your children, or you discipline your children differently? Like, so I'll give you an example. Our oldest child, like I didn't, I never had to really spank him very much. Only like a couple of times, like he just really responded really well to like just stern warnings. And then like we we would go from like a warning to timeout to a spanking. Like that was pretty much, you know, how we went. And we would always reserve the spankings for the worst thing because there's nothing you can do past that. Right. So, um, but Like, so, but he was really easy to correct. Whereas the other one is constantly, um, (laughs) he's constantly checking, uh, what his boundaries are. And like with five, I just wondered like if there was any of this, like, well, you know, we have to do a little more with this guy or this girl because she's more strong willed and like how you balance all that out. Anyway,
0: no, that, that's a good question. And, And honestly, um, I mean, once one, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Different personalities, you're going to be disciplining differently, and there are there are times of guilt where it's like, oh man, you know, I feel like we're always doing this with this one and not with the other. But honestly, this needs to be a whole podcast. Um, oh really? To, oh yeah, I'm sure we could probably talk about oh, discipline. You're welcome. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, that was that was good. That was our Thursday's thoughts segment. Hope you guys enjoyed that. This is Joe Deegan in the background, and we're going to discuss family time. All right, Kurt. Welcome back. You ready to uh, talk about family time more? Sure. <laughs> so well we ended on Tuesday. <laughs> what if talk- I said no? <laughs> <laughs> well it'd be a pretty short episode. <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's take it here's Joe Deegan taking his home. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good Thursday everybody. <laughs> Um, we ended kind of, you know, talking about quality time versus quantity time. And, you know, we looked at some biblical reasons why we should care. Uh, you know, God established the institution of uh, the family. Uh, there's you know, plenty of scripture that emphasizes the importance of family. Um, well, One thing I said was, you know, getting us to think about the, the Bible-defining uh, family. And I'm trying to think if this is getting ahead of us also talking about idolatry, a family but uh what, one thing we need to see is how you know Jesus Christ defined family in in the New Testament when he said you know these are my my brothers and and my sisters talking about you know the people of God that we need to see that because of the blood of Jesus Christ our family is much bigger than just the parrots or the Coopers that we have people in our in our families I mean we, we possibly have people you know cousins aunts uncles whomever that uh, or in our immediate family who might not be believers in Jesus Christ, and even though they share the last name with us and we can be close and they can be our family, we need to see that the people that uh, call themselves Christians are our family, and so it broadens that. And yes, there there's times where we just need to be together as our you know family under one household, uh, but then you know we need to also see that. And I guess, again, this is where it's spilling over into idolatry that we can see family time is a good thing, but it can become an idol if our doors at our house are always closed to others because, I mean, I'm just thinking of our church, Kurt, and I'd love to hear you speak to this, but I mean, there are single people in our church um, who, you know, are hours away from their, you know, family, but they're our family in Christ. And so we need to be opening our doors to them. So Kurt, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, actually, yeah. One thing that our church does, I think every other year is we do supper clubs um, and they uh, you sign up and then you're randomly assigned to a supper club. And um, in the past, it's been called um, dinners for eight because it'd be four couples but we realized just how, uh, exclusive that was because we have people, I mean, we have a lot of people in our church who are single. We have people in our church who are widowed widows and widowers. And like, how does that, you know, work out? And so this year, um, they've purposely made them odd numbers. Um, the groups, they're not all going to be this many, but they're calling it nine to dine instead. And, uh, they've purposely made them odd numbers so that, uh, to try to be more inclusive. Cause I do think that, um, there's definitely an idolatry of family in the church, uh, that, that takes place where, um, and I think you see that in the floundering singles ministries throughout, um, throughout m- many churches in the United States is that a singles don't feel like they have a place in the church. Um, like they're just waiting to really get started, uh, with their life. Uh, and that, uh, yeah, do you, you have something to interject?
0: Well, well some, something too. I mean, I've heard people say this. I've heard pastors who started singles ministries and as well as singles giving this critique is that oftentimes it just turns into like a, a dating pool. you know. Yeah. And so some some single people don't feel comfortable showing up because it's just like, okay, they're getting quote unquote hit on in a Christian way and there's just some pressure. And so while I know there are some singles who may feel uncomfortable when they show up just around... A bunch of families there's also another discomfort of well i show up to this place and all these people are you know trying to get my phone number or, or whatever and so <laughs> I, <you're> yeah <laughs> <online>. <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i think we've got to to see and be cautious of this idolatry while it's important and we do need to guard time as as families time together you know reestablish a, a dinner table at the home um, we've got to see, and I think, you know, Tim Keller has been quoted just, you know, from his book, uh, counterfeit Gods" of an idol is typically a good thing. And, and oftentimes I think he says, you know, the better the, the thing is, the more of a chance it has to become an idol because we actually think it can give us what only God can. And so we need to be cautious of, yeah, let's guard time with the family. Um, but also, uh, you know, be hospitable and, and invite other people's in. And so, you know, Kurt, do, do, do you have some advice on that, of how, you know, to, to guard family time while at the same time being cautious of family not becoming an idol?
1: Um, I mean, I, I've seen it done well. I've seen it done well where I've seen uh, families in the church in our church specifically who, uh, during prototypical family times. So this would be like Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, Easter, uh, mother's day, uh, different times where, uh, big days in the church that are kind of centered on family situations. I've seen some families in our church who are very actively inviting, um, people, whether it's other families and also singles, especially singles to, uh, to these gatherings, uh, to, you know, dinner, to Thanksgiving dinner, to, um, whatever. And, uh, you know, and just making them saying, Hey, come be a part of our uh, family for the day, uh, and and come and have this meal with us or come and do this with us. So I've seen it done well. I don't have any tips about how to do it. I I think, uh, I think it's very easy to, I think humans the part of our simple nature is that we're always uh, looking for people who are just like us. We're looking for mirrors to reflect what we think of ourselves and what we want of ourselves in our friends and in the people that we hang out with. And so it's really easy to just to completely ignore people who are different from us. And, you know, the ramifications of that, you know, have been explored, you know, ad nauseum um, on race, gender, uh, you know, socioeconomic background, you know, you know, strata or whatever, but also that's true about on on the relational side too, is that, you know, most of the people that married guys hang out with are other married guys and and vice versa, um, wives with other wives. And, um, you know, I think that's one thing that Jesus speaks against is he wants us to see the world the way that he sees it and to see other people the way that he sees them as eternal creatures created in God's image and not necessarily looking at Um, at someone at their relationship with someone as uh, a project or as something to affirm whatever life choices you've made or or wherever God's put you. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen it done well. I'm not saying that I do it very well, but I've seen it done well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think it'd be helpful here if we just kind of give some practical tips and ideas. And if that's from someone Uh, someone else that you've seen or something you've heard and you think, okay, I want to try this. I haven't done this with my family or if it's something we've done. And, you know, as we've said before, this is not us saying, Hey, we're experts on this and this is how you need to do it. These are just some thoughts. And sometimes this has been, you you know, good and helpful. John, what
1: episode you, I don't know if you have this called up, just be a, how long has it been since we did a family worship episode?
0: Um, it's been a while. I'm, I'm, as you're was asking that, two, what's the that beginning of season two, possibly, I'll, I'll look it up as you're talking a little bit.
1: Well, because I'd say that one thing that the Trinity, our church does really well is that there's a family worship God sent out every week in the children's bulletin, a really simple family worship God, And it just, um, that that's just a little encouragement to every family in our church is like, Hey, you need to spend some time together in the word. Uh, and then, um, I've seen some families do a few things. Uh, I know some families, I know one family in particular that I'm thinking of, they have, you know, they had five children and most of them are out of the ha- house now, but, um, they, uh, they would have family game nights where there'd be one night where they would all get together and they would play some new game or a different game, or they'd bring back a game that they really liked. So, uh, the, I mean, and that's not like a groundbreaking idea. Like you can hear about family game night on PBS. So, you know, whatever, but like, those are things that, uh, as, especially as your children get older uh, coming up with activities or things to do together, um, becomes even more important.
0: Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, uh, looking Kurt and I think we're, this is all the way back to uh, season. Yeah. Season one. Uh, oh, wow. was, it was episode 5.1 and 5.2. Uh, so you can check those out. We talked about family worship. Um, yeah, so you can go all the way back. It's been a while. That was, yeah. October 16th, 2018. Uh, so a while back. Um, yeah, Kurt, something that, that might be helpful too is we think about the busyness. I mean, one thing that we did, um, as a family that, that was helpful was we did delay, uh, entering into extracurriculars, um, you know, sports specifically. And that gave us a lot of time, uh, as, as a family. And so I know some people want to push back on that. And some people think, you know, you've got to, um, you know, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, have your children working out as a fetus, um, <laughs> to compete in the Olympics. But, uh, but yeah, that that did provide a lot of times together um, as a family, and and some of the reason we did that was you, you know I was in youth ministry at the time, and so I was out uh, Sunday nights, I was out Wednesday nights. Um, most likely, you know, especially early on when our children were young, I did more sporting events going to see our youth and sporting events. And so that was typically another night and then I'd have a session meeting, so that would be a Monday night. And so there were several nights I was already out. And so by not doing sports that gave us uh, dinner together as a family. And just something else that, that I did that was that was helpful again, you know since I was out um, Wednesday nights with youth group, And then just with our schedule, Thursday morning was a prayer breakfast. And so I would get home Wednesday nights and my kids were already in bed. And then I would leave Thursday morning before they were even up. And so I wouldn't see them again, you know, until Thursday evening. Um, I just had a standing lunch with my family on Wednesdays uh, where I just put that in the calendar and just knew I'd, I'd never book uh, a Wednesday lunch, unless, it, you know, there was an emergency and, or just, a, you know, an important lunch somebody needed to get. Um, but it was rare when I, when I canceled that. And so again, not saying that's a model anyone has to follow or is bound to follow, but if anyone's out there listening and they, they think, okay, well, they've got a very busy schedule, um, to, you know, block out those times with family to have that, that lunch together as a family. Um, you know, sometimes it was very <laughs> chaotic trying to come home and just, jump into the family and eat lunch real quick and leave. But uh, it was also a good time and worth it.
1: Well, I would say, I mean, we're talking about our own experiences, is that we go on walks a lot, a lot. And uh, um, whether it's riding a scooter or a bike um, for my older one or or, uh, in the stroller when they were younger, when he was younger, or, you know, with Grayson now, uh, or, or letting them walk around. Uh, we, we do that quite a bit. Um, and we just say, Hey, we're going on a walk. We're just going to see what we can see. And sometimes we find interesting things and sometimes we just, you know, take a walk. And, uh, you know, I think the, the point is, is that you have to cut out, you have to make the time for family time. If you don't make the time, other things will come and get that time. Um, you have to set aside the time to say, okay, we're going to do something, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's just go into the yogurt store, um, and getting some, or the ice cream shop and getting some ice cream or whatever it is, uh, or go into the, uh, you know, going to eat Chick-fil-A and then playing on the playground, which is when Campbell was younger, that was the only thing that he wanted to do. So, uh, whatever it is, um, taking some time to where it's just you and your kids and you are doing your thing. Um, yeah. you know, And and we watch Will. By the way, we watch Will of Fortune. We well, we haven't done it much this year because we're we're just now getting back into the school uh, regiment. But in times past, at six thirty p.m. after we eat and after all the schoolwork's been done, before bath, um, before bath or shower time, then we usually sit down and we watch Will of Fortune. And what's really fun is that my. You know, Campbell is just getting to where he kind of understands letters and words and how that all works together or whatever. But Grayson has no idea what's going on, but he's just happy to be involved. And <laughs> um, they uh, and we'll just watch Wheel of Fortune together. And we just even if we don't even if Campbell can't guess the, the clues, we always talk about who we want to win, who, who we're cheering for, red, yellow or blue. And, then um, you know, and whether we think they will win when they get to the end. Um,
0: so, yeah.
1: Anyway, those are just silly things that we do.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Now, I think that's, that's helpful. And Kurt, I'm sure you've gotten this a lot being in, in youth ministry. I know I heard it a ton was older parents telling me, look, they grew up so quick and you're going to blink and they're going to be graduating high school. And I know every year when we did our senior banquet, uh, parents would come up and tell me that. And, you know, I'm still not there yet, but I will say it is crazy. My oldest is you know, 12 and she's in the youth group now. And that seems to have, you know, gone by fast. And so just giving us those perspectives of how quickly these, you know, ages and stages are going to be, you know, they're going to be going through just different seasons of life. And that's something I just practical advice there is I've tried to pray consistently, Lord, help me to enjoy the ages and stages of my children. Uh, Help me to, to see, even when they're young and the difficult, you know, diaper changing, everything, to just try to, uh, you know, focus on it, appreciate it, and not just hurry them through uh, those phases. Um, but, Kurt, I, I did want to go back to, because we're about to wrap this up, um, and mention just as far as welcoming the the singles, <clears throat> excuse me, the singles or widows into our our home, those who are in our church. Um, I think it's, you know, having the mindset, uh, something that, that we've tried to do is just, and we, we've told our children, you know, this isn't our house. This house does not belong to us. It belongs to the Lord, and we need to open it up and invite people into our, our homes. And so, you know, we, we've tried to just see uh, the people that the Lord brings into our, our path, you know, from from church and, and try to have them over at times. We have not done this perfectly or consistently. And, you know, to also maybe kind of push back, too, to— to encourage families like there are seasons in life where it is so insanely busy and you're so tired and you've got little ones waking you up at night to not feel the pressure of just having to have your doors open all the time <laughs> to know that you can lock things down and, and rest too um, that that's that's important um, because Kurt I, I don't know the the neighborhood you're in but our house has become kind of the, the neighborhood hangout uh, where everyone, you know, comes over and plays basketball and comes into the house and plays. And so there are, there are days where we just say, no, sorry, guys, you know, we're just going to be together as a family uh, where we can, you know, model time as a family, but also having the doors open. So it's not like there's a perfect number during the week of you need to have family time this this amount of time and have guests over, but just trying to make it somewhat of a balance and also trying to Uh, just be aware of how we can make family an idol and um pushing back on that so i think it's just important um to have that mindset kurt anything you want to add
1: no i think you pretty much covered it i think we're good
0: all right we're we're about to get into our our last segment but first we wanted to give a quick rym advertisement so y'all can listen to some other things that are going on with rym and then kurt is going to introduce you guys to our last little segment everybody, just to let you know about some other things RYM has going on, some of you may know about our Bible studies that we have. If you go to rym.org, you can look at our resource tab, and you will find Bible studies there. Uh, we currently have four at the time of this recording. Uh, we hope to have two more released in the next couple of months. Uh, we have Bible 101, Prayer 101, a study on justification, a study... Uh, that talks about Joe Deegan's album Promised Land Uh, there are about 12 week studies and I bring that up because I know that there are some families out there that have used these for their devotion time so if you want to go check these out they are 100% free you can download these and uh, have them on your phone whatever you want and talk about these as a family so be sure to go to rym.org and check out our Bible studies
1: All right, so um, John, at Trinity, we have staff meeting on Mondays, and at the end of staff meeting, after we've covered all of the you know reports and everything that needs to be said, uh, our executive minister always says, "Okay, that's it for our scheduled items. Um, is there any trash on the table?" And uh, what he means by that is anything that you want to share, anything uh, that's left over. Some people call this odds and ends. Um, you know, they don't like the term trash, I guess, but. Uh, Anyway, I think that we're going to end our Thursday sections with uh, with some trash on the table. And I'll let you go first. I have something, but uh, I'll let you go first. John, what is your, uh, what's your trash on the table?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Kurt, I had uh, two things. One's a book and one's an article. I'm currently reading the book How to Break Up With Your Phone by Catherine Price. Uh, this is a book that came out in 2018. It is one of those books that's, uh, very easy to read. I mean, it is short chapters. Uh, it's, you know, some people might not like this, but uh, some people call it like a commode read or a toilet read. Um, I'm not encouraging anyone to just read. Wow, <laughs> uh, I heard somebody else reference it like that. Um, but it's just very easy to read. put it
1: off to someone else.
0: <laughs> a friend I know uh, said that. Um, but the book is how to break up with your phone. And I know that's going to turn off many people and just think, well, I don't want to break up with my phone. I love my phone. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's there's a lot of idolatry in the ways in which we're using our smartphones. And I think as Christians, we need to be discerning about it. And so uh, this is just a helpful book. It's not a Christian book, Um, but uh, there's one section in there. And some of this uh, is a lot of what we've talked about, Kurt, with um, addiction. But one of the things they talk about is how, you know, designers are creating um, apps to keep us on our phones more And uh, he just cites this one example of how Instagram, and I'm reading this, created a code that deliberately holds back on showing users new likes so that it can deliver a bunch of them in a sudden rush at the most effective moment possible. And so this guy, this was on a CNN, I'm sorry, a 60 Minutes. Um, interview uh, where he said, look, every every designer is looking at each individual user of Instagram and we're basically guinea pigs and they see, okay, which time would be most effective to show you all the likes that you have? And they've created a code to withhold those so that they can give you a bigger rush. And so, uh, you know, he, he just is pointing out in this interview that oftentimes we blame ourselves for not being able to put our our phones down at certain times. And of course there needs to be some blame there and some some discipline obviously that we can be praying for. But what he's trying to get you to see at the same time is look, this device has been created uh, to keep you pulled back in. Um, and so anyway, that's just something for you to be aware of, because I know I've had those times and I'm sure you have where you're thinking, OK, I'm continuing to look at my phone and I want to put it down, but I cannot put it down. And that's because it's been created to keep you uh, checking it out. So the book is How to Break Up With Your Phone by Catherine Price. It's a short book, an easy, kind of fun, lighthearted read, but interesting at the same time.
1: Um, my Trash on the Table is a YouTube video. Um, if you go to YouTube.com. A website you might have heard of, uh, the number two search engine beside, behind Google. And uh, you type in uh, grandfather to granddaughter first salute. Uh, there's a video of a grandfather who was a Marine and his granddaughter has graduated and become a Marine and it's their first salute. And it's really cool. That's all I'll tell you. At one point he says permission to hug and um, <laughs> and she says permission granted. And it's really, it's, it's pretty cool. So I enjoyed it. Uh, it's just, uh, there's nothing really profound about it other than it's just fun to see. Uh, that's a, that's a fun thing to see. So grandfather to granddaughter first salute is what you can type in on YouTube, um, to find that. So that's my trash on the table. I think everyone should check that out and feel good for a moment. So,
0: yeah, Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to go check that out. And I said I was going to share an article, but I'm going to save that for next week. Uh, I, what I did want to say is reminding oh, <laughs> reminding parents about Taylor Swift's new album, which came out last week. Um, a lot of good, catchy songs. But, you know, one one thing you need to be aware of as, as parents is that Taylor Swift has really come out on this album with opinions specifically about the LGBTQ community. Um, And so she's making a lot of assertions about uh, just, really, I mean, calling out anyone who's, I think even one of the lyrics, throwing shade at uh, those in the LGBTQ community. So as your children are most likely checking out that album and most likely singing along, and you might've even been singing along uh, to these songs without even thinking about them, Uh, she released this album and it has been very outspoken of this is really her making a statement. And so at least be aware of that. Uh, Be talking to your kids about that and you can enjoy the songs, but just be aware of the messages on there. Uh, Kurt, anything you want to add to that? Um, no, I'm good. All right. Well, look next week, we are going to be talking about money management. And some of those conversations we can be having with our kids. So be sure to check us out next Tuesday and Thursday. Kurt, it's been fun to get back and record a new episode with you. I know it
1: has been fun. Let's get let's get back to it.
0: Yeah, all right. And here's Joe Deegan with some music. We'll see you guys next week.